lesson of modern education is Woke kids step, wise kids step, college kids step I'm woke Read more, learn more, change the globe You must learn This is Woke Wise College Kids Hi guys, welcome to WokeWise College Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron, founder of Be Preppy College Coaching. It's summer and thousands of new college graduates are still riding the wave of emotions that comes from finally getting their degree. Graduating from college is an awesome accomplishment. The time leading up to graduation and the time following can be the most exciting moments of your life. You finally feel a little relieved that you have finished what you started. You are eager to make some money and quote unquote be a real adult. You finally get an opportunity to live life and go after some of those life goals. However, once the celebrations are over and reality sets in, many graduates experience post grad blues. Post grad blues can be characterized by a period or periods of depression, sadness, confusion, and frustration. It can come in waves or it can be temporary. It is rare that someone warns you about postgrad life or gives you a heads up about postgrad blues. This can be for a number of reasons. It can be because of the high value placed on attaining a college degree that everyone expects this will be the best years of your life and forego any warnings. It can be that attaining a college degree means you're an adult and people think you would just figure it out. As for seasoned college grads, it could be that we don't really want to relive that part of our life, so we just say congrats and pray for you silently. Whatever the reason, a warning about postgraduate blues should reach new grads. I wish someone had given me some sort of sign. This podcast is founded on the ideas of sharing regrets and passing along information that wasn't passed to us. In this episode, I share my postgrad experience, talk about reasons the blues exist, and give advice on how to maximize your post-grad life. As shared on other episodes, I was a biology major at Southeastern Louisiana University. To say I had a blast as an undergrad would be an understatement. My senior year was like most students. It was 2007. I had senioritis. I was anxious and over school. I was already frustrated that I didn't graduate on time. My GPA was a 2.8 from failing organic chemistry one and two twice and barely passing physics. This meant I couldn't get into a competitive biology PhD program, which wanted a 3.0 or higher. Side note, it was trending at the time in STEM to skip the master's and go straight to a PhD to save time and money. I really wasn't excited to become a traditional benchtop scientist, but I was excited at the possibility of becoming a faculty member. Luckily, a mentor introduced me to a graduate program in science education at Southern University Baton Rouge. I was really excited for this opportunity. I graduated in the fall of 2007, so I had about seven months before I began graduate school in the fall of 2008. I worked six months at a really interesting temporary position. I worked seven on and seven off, 12-hour shifts in a hospital lab. Those seven months were great. I made great money and vacation regularly. I prepared to move to Baton Rouge in an apartment with my best friend from undergrad. 
A lot of my college clique and sorority sisters lived in Baton Rouge, so it was a continuation of the shenanigans from undergrad. Graduate school wasn't an issue for me. I received a full fellowship, which helped me to just focus on school and be a professional student. My immediate transition to grad school delayed my postgrad blues. My friends' blues, however, at the time were probably a dark blue and in high gear. My blues kicked in shortly after graduating with my PhD. I was 25-ish. I had just purchased my home, and I was still working in my first full-time adult job. But I was not happy at all. My relationship was fizzling out. Of course, I thought I was going to get married. Why? Because he was great, I had graduated, and I was 25. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I thought that as soon as I finished my PhD that I would have these amazing job offers to teach and move away to some interesting place. I applied to what feels like 100 positions and received only one interview. I had a love-hate relationship with my job. I loved the work, hated the pay. I loved that it was a job that paid. I hated the suffocation I felt working at 8 to 4.30 with no flexibility. I loved my coworkers and my boss. I hated wasting 10 hours a week in traffic when my home was 20 minutes away. I hated the lack of opportunity to grow and move up. My financial goals were null and void. I wasn't saving as much as I wanted. Student loans had kicked in. I started tutoring and coaching on the side to make extra money. I even worked a second job on a weekend as an upper bound instructor. By Sunday afternoon after church each week, I was near tears and exhausted. I was worn out from the rat race of the week and the extra side hustles that still didn't get me out of debt and from feeling of not accomplishing anything in life that made me happy. I felt trapped. I felt trapped. Trapped by debt, a dead-end career, not knowing who I was or how to balance my life or even knowing what to do with my life. I felt like a failure. It seemed like I had everything going on, but I was so empty. All I had was a house that was sucking up my finances and degrees that didn't lend me any jobs. I wasn't really dating, wasn't close to marriage, and definitely not in a place for kids. At my lowest, I was about 28 or 29. The big 3-0 was peering angrily around the corner. I had to do something. Thank God for my best friend who is a professional counselor. She actually diagnosed me with functional depression. During one of our Sunday brunches, can you ever be too broke for brunch? We discussed my continued funk. She asked me what were my priorities. She actually used the crayons that came with the kids menu to draw the wellness wheel. Now I had used that before my coaching students, but never stopped to use it on myself. So we talked about my priorities, goals, and what would make me happy. That conversation was a major game changer for my mindset, but not for my situation. I put my priorities in place. What didn't make the top of the list didn't get my time, energy, or money. I began to become even more frugal. I decided to rethink alternative career paths and put more energy into my startup so that I can have a creative release and an exit plan from my job. I put the endless, unfruitful job search on pause. 
I even began to start work on a nonprofit. Just as I was trying to accessorize my style and my shade of postgrad blues to make it work, I received a phone call that changed my life for the good. That's when I was recruited to be an assistant VP of a university just shy of my 30th birthday. I'm now 34. My postgrad season is over. I think my blues are from good old-fashioned adulting, the millennial version now. Although my 30s have been a roller coaster, I don't think I would like to have relived my 20s. But I'm wiser and I'm stronger. I learned an awful lot looking back, so here's my advice to all the seniors, super seniors, and new grads out there. Tip number one, we calibrate your expectations. I realize the primary reason for postgrad blues are unrealistic expectations placed on young adults and college students by society, parents, family, and even colleges. The alternate reality version of postgrad life fed to us is filled with a short time of living a sex in the city life while having the pick of the litter of jobs that pay high wages. It is expected that once you get settled financially, that you should find someone to settle romantically to start a family, have kids before your biological alarm clock sounds, or the age you think it's time to settle down. I don't know what's worse, the false expectations, the sugarcoating of reality, or that higher education fails to prepare students for adulting in the real world. Here's how to shift your thinking. Put a college degree and life in the context of reality. A college degree itself isn't a guarantee that your life is going to be golden. Just like building a house, a foundation is just one part. There are still walls to put up, windows to put in, and plumbing and electrical to integrate. There are so many other things that you have to do to build around your degree to maximize it. There are so many things you have to learn that has absolutely nothing to do with career and money, but just life and adulting in general. Realistically, life is tough. Things are, aren't going to fall at your feet when and how you want them. And the surprise is that what you wanted when you're an undergrad probably isn't appealing to you once you graduate. Tip number two, dance to the beat of your own drum. Everything in life happens in its own pace. Everyone has the, their own rhythm. Be patient with yourself. There isn't a real race to get yourself together. You don't have to have everything in your life figured out. Allow your 20s to be a time where you explore and discover. Don't make hasty decisions just because you think it is the right time. Make sure it's right for you. This is a time to take calculated risks, explore, make mistakes, and learn from them while you don't have much to lose. Don't submit to pressure from anyone to do anything that doesn't make sense to you or doesn't feel right. Don't hold fast to rules and standards set by society. That involves a long-term commitment like kids, marriage, or buying a house. You don't have to have all things on your bucket list completed by a certain time. Don't let social media make you think that there's such a thing as overnight success. Great things take time. And success comes at different times for different people. Some of your favorite celebs and bosses didn't reach their peak until 30, 40, or 50, while others may have had success in their early years. For every Mark Zuckerberg, there is an Oprah or Howard Schultz of Starbucks that didn't hit their stride until their 30s. 
Tip number three, set goals and priorities. Since kindergarten, there have always been predetermined milestones and goals that has kept us motivated. We couldn't wait to get to middle school. We couldn't wait to get to high school. We couldn't wait to get to college. We couldn't wait to graduate from college. Now that you have graduated, what are you working towards now? Those 16 years move by quickly because there's always a carrot dangling in front of you year after year, grade after grade. Once you graduate, you begin working. You get kind of bogged down in money, bills, and life, and you can become stagnant. Stagnation can lead to unhappiness and dissatisfaction. Life moves pretty quickly, and all of a sudden you realize you're in the same place you were two years ago, five years ago, and still hoping and wishing for better. You have to take control of your life and set goals for yourself. Prioritize what's important to you so you only give energy, focus, and time to things that really matter to you. Tip number four, build your team. Support is critical during this vulnerable time. The right people will give constructive advice, listen, uplift, and encourage you. Mentorship is important. However, mentors are not all purpose. You should identify a mentor for each area in your life or for each goal that you set. Multiple mentors or key friends and family should form your executive board or your personal team. Your team will help you to see yourself from a different angle. This is crucial to you doing the work to become more self-aware. Speaking of self-awareness, tip number five, don't go through your 20s with blinders on. Be intentional about learning and becoming more aware. Learn about yourself and the world around you. Use that time to understand yourself and your purpose. Find your likes and your dislikes. Learn how to love your authentic self and how you want others to love you. Discover your strengths and things that you need to change. You need to spend time uncovering wounds that you need to heal in order to have healthy relationships with yourself and others. This can save your world of hurt and wasted energy on dead ends in the dating world. Gain wisdom from others that are seasoned. Observe their experiences so you don't make the same mistakes. Tip number six, understand the meaning of career these days. Your parents or grandparents' idea of a career is to find a job or two and stay until you retire. A career today is a series of related jobs where each job may segue to another and eventually you'll end up in the ultimate job. Just know that you have to be strategic in building your career and to be prepared to move if a job doesn't offer you growth and mobility within the organization. Keep an open mind when thinking about career options. Understand the needs of the market, your interests and skills, and make yourself attractive to employers. There are thousands of ways to interpret and apply your degree. You may have to continue to reinvent and package yourself, so you need to be flexible. Also, know that your career journey may lead you away from your original major. Become career savvy. Invest in a career coach. Read blogs or YouTube videos on career building. You can even take advantage of your alma mater's career counseling services for alumni. Tip number seven, create your own opportunities. There will be a lot of roadblocks and rejections when it comes to job searching. You'll find positions that require a bachelor's degree with a number of years of experience. 
or you'll find a position that requires a degree plus certain skill sets. However, many jobs that are worth having require general skill set, leadership, communication, budgeting, strategic planning, and tech ability. As long as you can prove that you have these skills, it doesn't matter where they come from. Create your own opportunities to acquire money and skills. If you want to do things that are meaningful where you're making impact, do it. Don't wait for an employer to give you approval or acceptance. Start a side hustle, pitch yourself to companies and organizations who are in need of your services and may not be able to pay someone full-time and be a consultant. Do some complimentary projects to get a portfolio and client feedback. Get involved in civic organizations and lead projects to build your network and rapport. Possibilities are endless. You just have to be patient, bold, and confident. Tip number eight. Understand the concept of Ikigai. That's I-K-I-G-A-I. It is a Japanese concept that means the reason for being. I forgot how I stumbled upon this concept, but it came at the right time. I was trying to reconcile pieces that made up Aaron. I was struggling with having to choose one piece to primarily define me. It was hard. I have a lot of talents to use and to grow and passions to explore. Ikigai helped me to put it all in perspective. This concept answers the question, why do I wake up in the morning? It helps you to discover what you live for. Think of multiple Venn diagrams where four circles intersect. The small place in the center where all overlap is you and represents your ikigai. The four main parts of this concept are mission, passion, vocation, and profession. Your profession and vocation is what you can be paid for. Profession and passion make up what you're good at. Your mission and passion are the sum of what you love. And finally, your mission and vocation is what the world needs. This made it easy to see that there's more to me than my degrees, education, and jobs. And that any of these independently won't make me happy. But totality of these things will help me feel fulfilled. Sometimes we may have to use a piece of us to make progress in some phases of our life. But the ultimate goal is to find a way to attain a balance of all elements. If you're blessed, you can find this balance in a single job or career. However, you may have to find your balance through multiple means, like a nine to five, a side hustle, and or volunteering. Postgrad life is complicated. Being a 20-something complicates it even more. It's a whole mess. You're still trying to figure yourself out. You have these elaborate goals that are better in your head than played out in reality. And you feel pressured by society. I hope this advice you've heard gave you some perspective. Some of the tips you've heard came from friends and followers, so that means that this isn't isolated advice. Earlier, we discussed building your team so that you would have the right support during this time. Having a mental health counselor or a therapist on your team is a wise idea. Postgrad blues can be a sign of a deeper issue of clinical depression and anxiety. Even if you don't have clinical depression and anxiety symptoms, you should take advantage of therapy. A therapist can help sort through all of your feelings and really propel you on your journey to healing, reflection, and self-awareness. Check out the episode notes for resources on mental health. That wraps up this episode. I hope it gave you a lot to think about. 
Be Preppy offers postgrad coaching services to help you plan for life in general, as well as prepare for graduate school success. Whatever we need, we can help. Put us on your team. Email us at info at bpreppy.com for more information. I want to hear from you. Tweet us at bpreppyloc or DM us on any social media platform if you have a personal question. As always, stay wise and stay woke. Thanks for listening and until next time. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by bpreppy.com, a college coaching company. Head over to bpreppy.com for free college success resources and to learn how you can secure a personal college coach. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media channels at bpreppyloc.com.